Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Sleep Matthews Show. Uh, U.S. District uh, Court Judge Robert L. Wilkins is with us today, um, tackling the uh, complicated and long history and the creation of the National Museum of African American History and Culture and his absorbing account uh, of the book entitled Long Road to Hard Truth, the 100-Year Mission to Create the National Museum of African American History and Culture. My goodness, welcome, my friend. How are you? Thank you, uh, Philippe. I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderfully uh, great because I'm wonderfully honored uh, because of the work that you and so many others have done to um, not only preserve this history, but collect this history and then bring forth, uh, in my opinion, perhaps one of the most remarkable museums in modern day history. Yeah, it's really um, amazing that we've come to this point. And, um, you know, this museum is 100 years in the making, as I discuss in my book, Long Road to Hard Truth, and going back to Mary McLeod Bethune and, and James Baldwin and Hank Aaron and so many other people along the way have wanted to see this museum happen and to fi- have it finally happen and, um, you know, happen during the tenure of President Obama is really, you know, you couldn't. You know, Hollywood couldn't have uh, written a better yeah. story. Perfect script, right? Perfect script. Um, I'm looking at the cover of the book, and the the uh, at the top of the book is this, you know, uh, beaten down, weather <laughs> weather beaten little shack that's kind of standing on its last leg, uh, and that was the original museum. That was actually a slave cabin on a plantation in South Carolina, um, in Adisto Island, South Carolina, and that was taken apart board by board and transported to Washington, D.C., and reassembled, and it's in the museum, which is in the bottom half of the front cover. So, wow. So it was really, in, to me, a way to symbolize the journey. Um, of from where we've come from to where we are today. Unbelievable! How long did it take to uh, to to build this? Uh, I mean, it, it it's just an amazing piece of architecture. Yeah, it's it's an iconic structure. It really is, and and you know, it, it's a great achievement because it was designed by you know architects of African descent. The first. Um, you know, museum on the mall, uh, so designed, and and they just did a fabulous job. I mean, the groundbreaking was in February of 2012, and for it to open now, you know, just this past month, you know, it took about four and a half years to build it, which uh, for a project of this size and scope and complexity was really um, was really uh, phenomenal. Unbelievable, yeah. I mean, I was watching on CNN. I was watching that Frederica was doing a. Uh, um, tour uh, of, of, of uh, the layers and the the, the, the the different floors and the different layouts and I mean 
it's it's overwhelming. I, I can't wait to. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like our mecca. We, it, it, you can't be an African American in this country and not go and and be a part of uh, see your history. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think about all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of of, of young people, school children who. Um, will attend this museum and get a better perspective on the country, upon African American history and culture, and the contributions and achievements of African Americans, and um, you know just really a, a better understanding um, of who we are as a nation, and you know what we what we can achieve working together as a nation. I just think you know it, it it really should be you know required stop for for as many kids as possible that can make it here absolutely absolutely now this book is also chronicling the history uh of uh of of and honoring uh our history of our black soldiers um, talk to us about that because that's that's very very important. So, yes, I mean, I knew nothing about this until I really started digging into, you know, why there was no, you know, National African American History Museum. And I learned that, you know, this be, began in 1916, and it was be, begun really as an effort to honor black soldiers and sailors who had fought in every war um, for the for the. United States, you know, beginning in the Revolutionary War, but particularly it was motivated to honor um, black Civil War uh, veterans who had fought for the Union, and the Union had had a two-day victory parade where 200,000 soldiers marched from the Capitol past the White House at the end of the Civil War in 1865, and not a single uh, colored regiment was invited to participate in that parade, mm. in that that was such a slight, such an insult, such a dishonor to those veterans, and that the 50th anniversary of the end of the Civil War in 1915, they had a reenactment of that parade, and black veterans were uh, invited and allowed to come participate, which was good, but it was in the age of Jim Crow, and there was segregation, there was no hotels for them to stay, there were no balls or... Uh, or entertainment for them, and the black community was told if if you want anything for these uh, black veterans, you have to do it yourself. Uh-huh. And so they formed a colored citizens committee, chaired by a gentleman named Ferdinand De Soto Lee, who went to Hampton University and then the Howard Law School, and um, and they organized so that these black veterans coming from all over the country would be, um, you know, entertained and have a place to stay, et cetera, while they were in Washington. And that committee decided that that wasn't enough, that they wanted a permanent memorial in the nation's capital honoring black soldiers and sailors. And over the course of the next couple of years, they realized that, you know, blacks had done a lot more than just um, participated in the military. They had contributed in all um, areas of life and it should really be a museum, what they call the Memorial Building to Negro Achievement. And that's how this all began 100 years ago. Uh, you also talk about uh, the, uh, the the slander uh, of, the, of, of the film Birth of a Nation. 
in the, in the back of the book. Talk to me about that. So Birth of a Nation came out in February of 1915 mm-hmm. and was shown in the White House that same month to President Woodrow Wilson, who had uh, gone to college with the um, author of the book, The Klansman, that The Birth of a Nation is is based upon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the movie was a slander to um, the African-American community in general, and especially to, to black Civil War veterans, because um, it just portrayed them in such an awful light mm-hmm. and portrayed the black people in general in such an awful light and basically portrayed the Klan as a, this hero, heroic group that came to uh, prevent um, white people from being traumatized and terrorized by by blacks. And that movie was taking the country by storm, you know, around this same time that the 50th anniversary of the, of the Civil War victory was happening in Washington. And so this group that, that organized to create this um, memorial, they, you know, a lot of these people were organizing and protesting against the film. And indeed, their very first rally that they held in Washington, D.C., they had emblazoned across the top of the flyer, Birth of a Race, because they saw this memorial to, to Negro achievement as a counter to Birth of a Nation. Mm. And so it's interesting that this museum is opening now and the remake of Birth of a Nation, but from the perspective of Matt Turner, his um, – Hitting the hitting the screens, um, so the ironies and the, the interesting historical coincidences keep keep occurring here. It is it is something to uh, to sit back and, and 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 you know you can you can kind of say is this coincidence or is this something a little bit higher that's going on? Is there you know there seems to be a, especially with a young people um, there seems to be a new level of consciousness movement. Uh, because they weren't around when uh, I don't I don't know how, how old you are, but I, I was around enough. They don't remember like you know the, the March of King. They don't, don't they don't have that uh, history of the '60s and '70s as as, as we do. Uh, yet they have uh, such a sense uh, of, of of their of their culture uh, and 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 what it means to be uh, African American uh, in this country. What is what is your thoughts on the on the bridge of these of this generation versus our generation and the and, and before that with this work? Well, I think we're in a in an important time, and uh, I have teenage uh, sons, and you know, in a lot of ways, they are so much more sophisticated and knowledgeable than I was at their age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the educational system is a lot more advanced as far as you know the the type of of study of history and and social studies and political science that they're getting even at the middle school and high school level plus you know with the the internet they are you know exposed to so much more information of course a lot of that is bad information and mm-hmm. and un, and and slanted propaganda, you know, untrue information, but but there's a lot of, you know, 
very good information out there as well. So, you know, people are much more aware um, in a lot of ways of the of the context and interconnection of things. And I think that this museum can help put things even in better context for for people um, because they can see the long breadth uh, of the journey and you know how we've made progress and then how in some ways a lot of things that people are protesting about today are very similar to things that people were protesting about in the 1960s as well mm-hmm. do you and of course that sparks the question do you do you think we have moved forward or do you think it's just um uh same same bat play same bat channel as they say well, I think there's no doubt that the country um, has moved forward in in a lot of ways. Um, you know, over the past, certainly over the past hundred years, and even over the past fifty years. You know, I don't believe that that means that you know everything is perfect, and and people shouldn't continue to to try to continue to make this a more perfect union. But um, but I think that it's it's a mistake to just um you know always look at everything as the glass is is half empty all the time as well mhm what about those who say that well we got a black president now and so racism is pretty much done well um you know <laughs> i know that was going to chuckle out of you <laughs> <laughs> i never never subscribed to that myself i mean but but it I, I think it is a, a great achievement. I think that you know, you know, people like my grandparents and and others, um, um, you know, my 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 maternal grandmother lived to see you know President Obama elected, and mm-hmm. I know how much that meant to her. Um, and I think that a lot of people. You know, never thought that this would happen in their lifetimes, or that they would that they would see that happen. And it's it is a, indeed a tremendous achievement, and I think it does mark, um, in so many ways, you know, progress as as a nation. But you know, you can, you know, easily find incidents that happen, or statements that are made, or or events that occur that you know would would call into question whether all racial discrimination has has ended and I would say that it, it has not. But you know, I don't think that, you know, the perfect has to be the enemy of the good here. Mm-hmm. And where where just because um you know everything isn't perfect we we say, you know, the the election of President Obama means nothing. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. Um, how long did it take you to write this book? How did, what was the beginning process for you to, to begin to sit down and, and, uh, at your uh, computer? I don't know if you wrote by hand or I don't know what your writing process is. What was that What was that day like when you said, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm going to write this book? Well, you know, about 15 or so years ago, I wrote a manuscript that was – you know, kind of a summary of the the guts of the book, so to speak. Okay. But about a year and a half ago, I realized that I wanted the story of this museum to be told, and I wanted it to be told, you know, by by the time um, 
that the you know at the same time that this museum opened so that people would hopefully understand this museum a little better and appreciate it more mm-hmm. and so so about a year and a half ago i i just realized that you know the clock was ticking and i needed to sit down and get busy writing this book and um and there were a lot of late nights and early mornings and and even all nighters to get it done but but i managed to pull it off what were the hardest parts what was the most difficult aspects of of, of, of pulling together the data for this book and doing the research well you know fortunately i had done a lot of the research over the years uh, in the work that i had done and in you know working with others to push congress to create this museum and serving on the presidential commission that congress created back in 2001 to write a plan of action for you know the, the how this museum could be created so a lot of the research had been done and fortunately you know since then so much more is available and is digitized and you know there are um, old newspapers and congressional records and other databases that exist today that that weren't even around, you know, in the early 2000s. So that really helped out a lot with the research. But um, what was really probably the most difficult part for me was to try to figure out how to pack all of this information into something that was readable and accessible from everyone from you know your high school age you know um sure. young person to to um you know a, 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 an older professional person so i hope that i did that with the book to make it you know to make it informative but but not beyond the reach of of the average layperson that sure. was you know a challenge absolutely so so what did you learn about you you know i always ask this question what did you learn about yourself about your blackness, about your African-American lineage and heritage, about your people? What did you learn about it? Well, I think one of the things that that I learned was just how remarkable and how resilient, you know, black people have been over the years because you know, if you think about in in March of 1916, when Ferdinand Lee and the others um, incorporated a nonprofit in Washington D.C. to build a, a memorial to black soldiers and sailors, they did that in the face of this movie, Birth of a Nation, going across the country and taking the country by storm. Mm. They did that at the same time that there were members of Congress, uh, a, a congressman from Arkansas that was introducing legislation to ban blacks from the military on the theory that, you know, black people shouldn't be armed. They they, they were brutes and they were, they were terrorists and they shouldn't, you know, be in the military and having blacks in the military was driving good white men out because they didn't want to serve alongside blacks. So... You had people who, like in the face of all of that, said, you know, we're going to stand up to honor our heritage and to demand, you know, recognition for our contributions and achievements. And in the face of all of that, do so, you know, using 
the mechanisms in the political process and playing by the rules, um, even though there were so many, you know, people who, you know, literally spit in their face and told them that, you know, black people didn't deserve anything because they hadn't contributed anything. I mean, they were told that in, you know, on the floor of Congress, but they persevered. Wow. Bringing that forward to today, uh, looking at um, yourself as a, as, a, as a role model, becoming uh, becoming a, a, a U.S. Uh, uh, district uh, court judge, what advice? Actually, I'm on the Court of Appeals now. So Court of Appeals. Uh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but um, I started out on the district court. Now I'm on the Court of Appeals. So um, but at any rate. Okay, okay, I stand corrected. Um, <laughs> that being said, even more so now, actually the question is even better, uh, student. Given the, the history of what we have gone through and, and, and what we have grown through, what words of wisdom would you give our young people today who uh, might not uh, uh, be doing it at the level that, you know, we had to do it or our ancestors had to do it, but they're doing something. What advice or direction would you give them today? Well, I would say to them, you know, keep the faith, don't be discouraged, and try to, you know, figure out how to be effective at whatever you're doing. Um, that's really kind of the motto that I live my life, my life by is, how can I be most effective? Um and and to think about that and to think about how you can build bridges and build coalitions and work with others where you can and where you can't, you know, fine, you can't. Mm -hmm. But to to figure out how how to be effective with what you're doing. And I think that a lot of people spend time, you know, angry or upset or or, or protesting in circumstances where it doesn't really lead to anything and and that can be discouraging mm -hmm. and i think that you know to the young people i would say you know don't be discouraged but look at how you know you can be more effective the next time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i appreciate that um thank you thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and being with me. Thank you for the, for the honor of, of producing this work that I get a chance in my lifetime to, to read this book, to be a part of this history. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it is ironic a little bit that, that uh, George Bush uh, wrote this in and, 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 and started the uh, process uh, for this to begin. But um, in terms of fundraising, I think, was it, was it Oprah Winfrey that put in at least $52 million? Uh, to to this museum, that's absolutely yeah. She's a, yeah. She was the largest donor with uh, I think twenty one million. You know, there's a gentleman named Robert Smith gave another twenty million. I think Shonda Rhimes gave ten million. There were a lot of a lot of large donors and a lot of small donors. And and um, you know the, the black community in general, from you know the entertainers and sports figures and business figures on down to just you know, common everyday people really got behind the Smithsonian and this museum, and I think that was a, a very powerful thing. 
Um, that's absolutely amazing, amazing. You're an amazing uh, human being, Ani, uh, and I thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Philippe Matthews Show Live. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.